This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Station is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's good to be back in Studio B. Me speaking, anyway. Thursday, March 10th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who will be sending Jerry Palm of CBS Sports a Christmas card this year, Jason Shepard. Jerry going right to the top of the list right now. He's got BYU actually moving up a little bit in uh, his latest bracket. You know who's not getting a Christmas card? Joseph Lenardi, okay? I'm not going to take this dropping BYU again. Even after a couple of quote-unquote big-time bubble teams lost Quadrant three games yesterday. BYU still drops a spot. All right, can I? I'm going to talk. I want to talk with Joe Lenardi. Okay. Joe, there's still yeah. time to get on the Christmas card list. You know what you need to do. That's all I'm going to say. We've <laughs> <laughs> got a show worthy of a holiday celebration, including the gift of hope. <laughs> or are you kicking hope to the curb as it pertains to BYU men's basketball and their shot of making it? To the bracket, the latest bracketology projections, who to root for and against today, and it is a wild day. The scoreboard watching today is going to be fantastic. It's a game to watch during this show. If you still have hope that BYU can take advantage of this, does it even matter? Plus, Keenan Peely of BYU Football joins us to update his road to recovery after blowing out his knee last season. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Women's basketball head coach Jeff Judkins was named one of 10 semifinalists for the Naismith Women's College Coach of the Year. Judkins led the Cougars to a 26-3 record, and now the Cougars wait till Selection Sunday to find out where and who they will play. By the way, in the latest bracketology from our guy Charlie Cream, yep. BYU remaining a 5C. I like that. I love it. I like that. I think that there are a lot of people that think after the loss to Gonzaga, BYU might fall to a six seed, but yes. Charlie Cream has him as a five seed. I like I like the way Charlie's thinking. They right deserve now. it. Is he on the Christmas card list? Uh, yeah, he's never been off of it. <laughs> Shaylee Gonzalez of BYU Women's Basketball named a second team All American. According to the Athletic, Gonzalez averaged almost 19 points a game, almost six rebounds a game, and 4.3 assists per game. Stat sheet stuffer, as my good friend Kristen Kozlowski likes to call it leading the Cougars to a program best 26 wins on the season. BYU baseball beginning a three-game series against Oklahoma State today at Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas, home of the Texas Rangers. You can listen to game one tonight, 7.30 Eastern on BYU Radio. Oklahoma State got swept by Gonzaga. Are they even good? (laughs) I kid. They're number six in the country. They're very good, and so is Gonzaga. Yes. BYU softball heads to Arizona and will play in the Sun Devil Classic. The Cougars face a budding rival of sorts, Arizona State, tonight at 8 Eastern. These teams don't really like each other, especially when BYU beat Arizona State in the NCAA tournament last year. The Cougars 13-4 this season, in at number 29 in the NCAA's initial RPI rankings. RPI is still a thing in some sports, Jason. It's still a thing someplace. Cougs overseas... Jake Toulson scored 16 points, had two rebounds and two assists to boost Guttingen over Frankfurt 
and Matt Harms, who had nine points and five rebounds. A little Cougar on Cougar crime. Yeah. Game. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Ah, uh, yes. Bubble, bubble. We should have bubbles. Toil bubble. and trouble. Why, why do we not have bubbles in here? Have we ever brought bubbles in for bubble watch? Do we need a bubble machine? I don't even say bubble machine. <laughs> we should have had, we should have, we should have sent somebody to like the dollar store to pick up a thing of bubbles. They, there's too much work involved in that. <laughs> Can get kind of messy. Okay, so, but there are machines that just like produce the bubbles with the bubble we solution. Should, every time we talk about Bubble Watch, we should have bubbles floating around in the studio. Oh boy, we've come to this, and I'm kind of for it, Jason. So, kind of for it. <laughs> with that in mind, just envision the bubbles all around us. Let's get to the BYU men's basketball resume update. The Cougars are up one spot in the net to 54. Hope, Jason? Always. Number 50 in the Ken Palm ratings. You mentioned it, Jerry Palm has BYU as a 12 seed, not even in the first four anymore. Man, what Jerry's in the a world? smart guy. Man, he's smart. Joe Lenardi, third team out. That's down from the second team out, even after two bubble teams lost yesterday. Team rankings has bumped BYU's chances up to 1.3%. So a 0.2% increase, <laughs> trending in the right direction. And BYU's still in 13 of 132 brackets. Jason, my question to you is, again, after reviewing all of these numbers, and we're going to go down the rabbit hole today with all of the other bubble action happening around BYU. Are you living and dying on bubble watch? Or... <laughs> Have you just kind of given up hope and oh, say it's an exercise of futility? I, am, I have not given up hope. And the fact that BYU has increased its chances by 0.2%, I think, is confirmation that not giving up hope was the right choice. Okay, Lloyd Christmas. <laughs> Look, we know what the percentages say in terms of BYU's probability. I mean, we're, we, just, we just went over it. The percentages don't look great. But, of course, I'm paying attention to everything that's out there. Because there is still that chance. And I always go in a situation like this to, uh, to one of my favorites, one Andy Dufresne. Oh. And uh, I, think, uh, I think you all probably know where I'm going with this. But the great Andy Dufresne, who was wrongfully convicted of murder <laughs> and sent to Shawshank Prison, uh, said, hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things, and no good thing ever dies. Hope. It's all about hope, my friend. And that's where, honestly, that's what we're doing right now. We talked about all of these games that will have a bearing on whether or not BYU gets the look into the NCAA tournament. There are teams that lost yesterday that should affect, and that's why I'm, I'm, I'm really surprised with the results from yesterday that Lenardi has BYU dropping down a couple of spots in his bracketology with what we saw yesterday. He's big on Xavier still. Like Xavier is 18 and 13. 18 and 13. They have lost eight of the last ten games, including a quad three loss in their conference tournament yesterday to Butler, 89-82. They're still one of the last four in. Now, Jerry Palm says, no, 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 that was an elimination game for Xavier. They're out. He said the same thing about Wake Forest against Boston College. The Demon Deacons blew it. They have a quad three loss. Jerry Palm says they're out. But both Wake Forest and Xavier are still in the bracket, according to Joe Lenardi. So what, what's happening there? Like, what, why the difference, not just with BYU, 
but with Wake Forest and Xavier. That's why BYU has been elevated in Jerry Palm's right. bracket is because he's like, no, 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 they don't have enough of a resume. Wake Forest's resume is not good, comparatively speaking. I mean, they are one and four in quadrant one games. One and four, all right? Four and three in quad two. So do the math. That is five and seven in quad one and quad two games. And they have two quad three losses. So why? Why Wake Forest over a team like BYU? Head-to-head in the metrics that we've been told matter so much. Why a team like Wake Forest still over BYU? Well, and see, and this is why I don't understand people that are saying BYU does not have a chance at all of getting it. That makes no sense. The fact that they're, even in Lenardi's bracket, where they are, they're clearly on the bubble. He's not saying they have no chance of getting in. He's saying that right now it's a, t- it's, it's a toss-up. Things are going to have to change. And we've seen, how many times have we seen this, and it was even brought up after you know, BYU lost to San Francisco, that, look, it stings now. Because you want to get that win sure. and you want to solidify yourself and you want to keep playing. But it says sometimes it's not a bad thing to have to kind of sit out a little bit and watch other people play because things can still trend in your direction. So the fact that they're still in the mix where Jerry Palm has them obviously in as a 12 seed, even where Lenardi has them in, in, his, in his first four out, they're still in there, so I don't understand the they have no chance. No, and take away the team. Listen, the team rankings thing, the 1.3% chance, I think that's garbage. And see, it seems, I think it's seems, absolutely yes, very, very low. Garbage that that is so low. But again, I, I don't know where teamrankings.com one even originated from and, and why so much emphasis has been placed on them, but people do it. Where, who are they? Who are the people? What, what metric are they using compared to? These experts that supposedly know what the committee cares about, Jason, and say BYU is not even one of the last four, and they're just in as a 12 seed, according to Jerry Palm. And even with BYU struggles, three out, you're so close to being in the tournament. The truth of the matter is we need to look at all of the bracketologists, which means we need to look at the athletic, and we need to look at Fox Sports, and everything that's happening there, along with Jerry Palm and Joe Lenardi, we tend to just latch on to ESPN. I get it. They're the worldwide leader, and he's the worldwide leader's bracketologist. And I know his numbers. If you go back to, like, 2006 when he started doing this thing, he averages, like, 66 out of 68 teams right every year, which is fantastic. But guess what? You and I are going to know all the automatic bids. So automatically, you and I can get, I don't know, like 30-plus, right? <laughs> I was right the, on all 31 is, of the The work is done for us, champions. yes, exactly. Okay? It's the where you make your money is the bubble. Yes. Like, do you really know what the bubble teams are about? Because I could tell you right now, 62 of the teams that are going to be in, come on. Well, it, you brought up a really good point, and it, it is somewhat of a head-scratcher where you have these two guys who are very successful at doing what they do. And look, we're not here to pit Jerry versus Joe. But that's what we're doing. But but, but it is it is strange that they differ on some of those issues where, like, this is where it's going to come down to. They're not differing on who's going to win tournaments. They, that stuff is, like we said, we know where that stuff is going to play out. It's these bubble teams, and it is interesting to see that there clearly is some sort of different metric that one is using for the other because that's, that's quite a difference where one would have BYU in as a 12 seed, the other one would be the third team out. That, that's, that's a significant difference. Seven spots 
Think about that. That's like looking at the college football rankings. That's like when you see a team number 21 in one poll and number 14 in right. the other. And it's like, yeah, how is there that how, big of a difference? There, yes. Why is there such a difference in those two rankings? I'm saying do yourself a favor. And whether or not you want to buy into the hope or you think that's just worthless, fine, whatever. Do your thing. But the reality is, as much as you don't want to believe that there is hope for BYU, we are seeing it right here. Like the hope is being gifted to you on a plate. You can choose to indulge or not. You can eat it or you don't have to eat whatever. But the truth is somewhere in the middle of this, Jason, is probably where BYU lies, which is why I feel like right now, Palm having them five in and they're three out according to Lenardi, they're probably like the last team in right, right now or the they're first right, team out. They are right there. On the line. Which makes every day's games even more important. So let's actually look yes. at the games that are being played today, including one, one play, being let's played go. right now. This has ramifications. It's Indiana, which right now is a first four out playing yes, yes. Michigan. <clears throat> Excuse me, I get all choked up just talking about it. Michigan is in the last four buys. Right now, Michigan has an 11-point lead over the Hoosiers, 34-23, with just under four minutes to go in the first half. Let's go, Wolverines. Michigan needs to roll Indiana and just take care – like, get the Hoosiers out of there. Well, but look at the net ranking, Spencer. BYU's 54 and Indiana's 43. It's not without – the net ranking – is not the end-all, be-all, according to the committee. They were just asked about it, and they said, we're going to look very closely at non-conference strength of schedule. Did teams challenge themselves in the non-con? BYU did that, which is why Mark Pope went there when he was making his plea for BYU. He knows. By the way, I hope that the person that's saying that sounds exactly like that, too, by the way. <laughs> but Spencer! I want to hear. I want to hear somebody that actually talks Come like on. that. I do. There's no chance. BYU doesn't deserve it. They don't deserve to be there. Look at these other teams. Like, sure, BYU hasn't played well, but a bunch of these other teams haven't played right. well either. So who is deserving? The bubble is weak. You like it? You don't. It's weak. That's what the reality is. Look, and I, I still go back to the fact that just because these games took place three or four months ago doesn't mean BYU's good wins are off their schedule and should be ignored. The wins are there. Yes. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. We're, we're focusing on the loss. Look, and it was a bad loss. Can't take, You can't say anything, anything else about it. But we're putting – and maybe it's recency bias as well. But we're, we're putting so much more stock on the bad losses than what BYU did – Overall, the collective and all of the really impressive wins what, this year. What bad losses? There's one to Pacific. One. It's not even multiple. <laughs> well, one loss. Yes, like the Santa Clara loss. I, it's not bad, but it's bad because it shouldn't have happened. It hurts. In that, in that sure. term. Okay. Yes. Rest of your rootables. Root for North Carolina. Root for Notre Dame. Root for UNLV to beat Wyoming. Rebels. Yep, there you go. Those are your rootables. And root for Michigan to hold on against Indiana. Our question of the day, are you living and dying on Bubble Watch or have you given up hope? I love this. I love it. I, it's so compelling to me. So fun. Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. All right, Jonathan Hawk answers on Twitter. 
Like the great Bon Jovi says. You're a Bon Jovi guy. Love Bon Jovi. I'm living on a prayer on the bubble. (laughs) Each day that passes, the bubble seems to be getting thinner and thinner. But if you are a true blue-goggled BYU fan like myself, then you won't stop praying for a miracle until Selection Sunday has come. To me, this isn't even about wearing blue goggles. This is just about recognizing that the bubble is significantly thin. It's full of it's, teams that are just like BYU. It is fluid. It's just like there are a bunch of teams like BYU. Yes. So what does the committee value? We'll find out in just a few days. In the meantime, absolutely we're going to root against the teams that are competing with BYU for those spots. Come on. All right, Jason. Fire it up. Let's do this. How about this? By the way, this is just coming through. BYU women's basketball guard Shaley Gonzalez uh, earning uh, second team All-American honors yeah, by The Athletic. That's fantastic, right? How about that? It's pretty cool, so, huh? so fantastic. Very yes, cool. Well-deserved honor. All right, coming up. BYU football has three of the top seven teams in the country on their 2022 schedule, according to one expert. Are you scared? No. Keenan Peely, speaking of BYU football, in studio to discuss his recovery after a season-ending knee injury. Keenan's he's chilling. We're talking football next. It's BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Man, I love those black uniforms. BYU baseball is in the Lone Star State to play the Oklahoma State Cowboys in a three-game series. It begins tonight. You can listen to game one, 7.30 Eastern time on BYU Radio 107.9 FM and the app. The real question is, Jason, do you have one of those black uniforms yet? I do not have one of the black uniforms. I do have the black hat okay. with the royal brim. Okay. So it is uh, It is one of my newest prized possessions. Go ahead and officially put in the request for Jason <laughs> to have one of those black jerseys to match his black hat. Look, if, it, if it shows up, great. I'll, I, will not, uh, <laughs> I will not push it away. We are live in studio. Be with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside... Yes, the baseball man, Jason Shepard. But it's football talk right now, and joining us in Studio B is an outstanding linebacker for the Cougars, Keenan Peely, who is working hard to get healthy, get right, and lead that linebacking core. Keenan, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Thanks for having me, man. Always happy to be here. <laughs> Let's start with the obvious question. How are you feeling health-wise? How's the knee doing? I'm actually feeling pretty good. Um, rehab's obviously a long road, but um, I'm feeling ahead of schedule. Um, I'll be cleared in June, but it feels good because I'm I'm running now. I'm lifting, getting stronger, starting to feel more normal. So it's fun. Are you at the point though where you say you're starting to feel normal, where you you maybe want to push yourself a little more than what you should because you are feeling good? It seems yeah. like a lot of players go through that. There's definitely a balance. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to learn my body when I should push it, when I should kind of take a couple steps back and do some recovery. So yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting. So just to clarify on the timetable, when you say I should be clear in June, does that mean then you can begin full conditioning and get yourself truly back into game shape? And if so, how much from the time you're officially cleared until you actually feel like I'm game ready? Good question. Um, I'll be doing – I should be able to do what the team does in, in June, but obviously want to take it slow, be smart about my health, and make sure that I'm ready by first game. I think that's my, my main goal. So – Spring ball is obviously going on right now, uh, and you mentioned you know not you're not able to to do everything that you want to participate like you would want to. So you get an opportunity to kind of watch the team 
as they go through spring ball. What have been some of your early impressions of, of how this team has has begun spring? Shoot, it's been super cool watching um, a lot of the new guys come in and make an impact. It's also been nice seeing um, the growth of some of our younger players that played last year and to see the work they've, the work they've been putting in in the offseason, showing in spring ball. It's been pretty cool. Keenan Peely is with us on BYU Sports Nation. By nature, you take a coaching role because you are a clear veteran and leader on this team. But when you look at the linebacking core, which of your linebacker teammates have impressed you in their offseason conditioning and through spring ball thus far? Oh, shoot. I would just say I'd almost want to say the whole room because I've never seen uh, – we call them the combos in the weight room. But this is the strongest I've seen the linebackers specifically since I've been around at BYU um, in terms of the numbers that have been up in the wow. weight room. Wow, okay. Yeah. How, does that trans- yeah, how does that translate to the field? Because there's always this this debate of speed versus strength and, like, don't do too much of this. And, and you know, the numbers are big, but uh, maybe that's not as good as the speed training. So how do you balance yeah. all that? I think you just got to, uh, like I said with my rehab earlier, you got to have that balance. So the strength, the speed, and then also doing certain types of exercises to increase your power output like on the field. So I think it all goes hand in hand, balancing them all. And that's the strongest you can be. We're obviously not asking for trade secrets here, but uh, <laughs> defensively, I mean, Defense going to look any different this year? You throw in some wrinkles. Is it going to be, you know, the defense is what it is, and so you don't want to mess with something that's worked? What's what's the defense? What do you expect it to look like this upcoming season? Yeah, I think, um, you know, what the coaches are doing here in spring ball, you know, they're actively doing their best to make sure our defense is the best it can be, and I think maybe there could be changes, maybe there won't, but they're working. See, he doesn't want to give up the secrets. That's what it, look, <laughs> look, we know how many people watch this show. That includes opponents of BYU football. <laughs> it's very smart. It's very smart not to give it up. Keenan Peely is on BYU Sports Nation. How do you see your role developing when you get back to the games and back on the field? Uh, I'm just hoping me for myself, I can be a little more mentally strong. Um, one cool thing last year was just that since I was able to take more of a coaching position right I was able to see the game like through a different lens being up in the box or being on the sideline and being able to see the team as a whole and how the shape of the defense works shoot I haven't learned more I don't think ever than like being injured and being able to do that really than actually being in the game so it's pretty cool Pretty cool. You mentioned the, the mental side of it, and, and we always ask players that, that have injuries, they, they talk about the mental side even more than the physical side because they know the physical side is going to work itself out. Bodies yeah. are going to heal. But the mental side of, of not being able to participate last year, how did you handle that? Um, honestly, I know, I know injuries a lot of times really hard for people, and it was hard, but it, it actually hasn't been too bad for me. I've had so much support. Um, from BYU fan base and my family, especially my wife taking that big role and helping me while I couldn't walk for a couple weeks. So I've been I've been pretty good. Take us back to that moment. Did you know immediately? Yeah. You knew? Yeah, I knew. I usually don't like to stay down on the ground. That's what my dad, oh, you get up, you walk off. So I still tried <laughs> to get up and walk off. I remember going down, I was like, oh, man, something popped. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Because some guy, sometimes guys don't really. They're like, uh, maybe it was just a sprain or something like. But you knew immediately something yeah, was seriously wrong. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was a weird feeling. It was a weird feeling. It's like a gunshot in your knee. Yeah, it's weird. Wow. That is intense. Yeah, that would – well, and like, like you said, you, kn- you know immediately. You, you may not know specifically what it is, but immediately you know it's not anything good. Yeah, not good, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I remember laying there, and the trainers came there, and I was like, yeah, it popped. I was like, will you let me up, though? <laughs> <laughs> That's that mindset of your dad. Get up. Get up. I need to get up. Keenan Peely is on BYU Sports Nation. Once again, BYU linebacker uh, watching his teammates do uh, all of the hardest stuff in spring football, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to be doing that. (laughs) It's just a matter of time until you're back and doing that. When you look at the approaching schedule for BYU football, final year of independence, and another really, really tough slate of games ahead, Mm -hmm. how do you handle that? Um, knowing that, man, it just it just seems to get harder. And it will only yeah. seemingly get harder when you move into the Big 12. So how do you approach that? I think it's just super cool that we can even have this opportunity. We kind of had that little taste last year. And then if you look at the schedule this year, you know, we got some pretty tough games early and throughout. So um, really we just prepare, prepare, understand um, the scheme and all that the coaches have given us and play our role. We're counting down to the USF Bulls. Of course, you open up in Tampa at the home of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm-hmm. uh, against a team out of the American Conference. But is there another game circled on the schedule that uh, has <laughs> caught your attention? If so, which is it? Oh, man. I mean, Notre Dame's going to be cool. I love playing in Vegas. That's why I, my hometown. So playing in a Allegiant Stadium would be cool. Sure. So I'd probably say that one. And... Uh, I've never really been up north, so I think Oregon will be a cool game as well. So since you're, you've gotten comfortable with the coaching hat on, we've obviously asked you about the defense. What have you seen from the BYU offense this year as the defense uh, tries to stop them? Here in spring ball? Yeah, here in year? spring ball. What's, what's stood out to you about the BYU offense? Uh, the offense has been rolling. They've been doing really good. Um, you know, seeing guys who have worked like Dallin Holker and – you know, having Chris coming in the running back room and being a good compliment to guys like Pini and um, Jasper Chesney, Miles, all those guys. It's been super fun to, to see them work. And they've been rolling. They've been doing good. Is that more encouraging for you? Or is that frustrating? <laughs> she watched the offense do work. <laughs> probably more frustrating right now, but when <laughs> fall comes, when fall comes, they were as happy as can be when the offense is moving. What motivates you right now going into this year? Is it just getting back out on the field? Is that is that like the number one motivation, or does it go way beyond that? It probably goes way beyond that. I think watching spring ball, I'm like, whoa, man, I miss the game so much. Like, I miss popping the pads and, you know, playing with the boys. But um, other than that, it's just, yeah, trying to get a healthy year, that, that motivation for me. As you watch a guy like Tyler Algier get set, for the NFL and pro day at BYU and what he hopes is hearing his name called on draft day and think about, huh, he was a linebacker (laughs) in my room. What kind of emotions do you feel when you watch Tyler and see his evolution now moving into the NFL? Yeah, no, it's super cool that, that, that guy is, is well-deserved to to get in there. And I remember when he was a, a linebacker, when I was, first coming in for my mission we'd usually going together and he was he's the middle i was the outside and it was fun <laughs> and then when, i i always knew though that guy can run the rock i said hey, if they give him the ball and put him off he's gonna go crazy 
Do we have you to thank for that? We no. Like, Coaches, <laughs> make him me. a running back. No, not me. He was a beast of a linebacker, too. This, uh, this upcoming season is obviously, you know, everybody looks forward to the beginning of, of college football. Um, when you look at the opportunity that's there, again, with such a great schedule and an opportunity, you know, is one more season as an independent, what do you think maybe you and your teammates discuss? Like, what's the importance of this upcoming year for, for this program, do you believe? We've talked about it before, um, some of the guys on the team. You know, we're kind of ending a BYU era here. Like, it's the end of independence. So it kind of, you know, puts a little more weight on the shoulders, and we're like, man, if we can have a good year, hey, this is it. Let's finish it off strong before we go to the Big 12 and give the young guys a good start to their time here. Have you noticed over the last couple of years, because obviously uh, there's been a lot of wins over the last couple of years, and BYU has has gotten back into the national spotlight more and more every year. Mm-hmm. And even a season like last year where, you know, you do what you do against the, the Pac-12 and, you know, just, you know, people are paying attention. Have you noticed that, that the feeling around the program is different over the last couple of years? Oh, definitely. I mean, I was, before my mission, I I came in like 2016, and that was Kalani's first year. And then I went on my mission, but seeing like the growth growth of the team each and every year to this point is just super cool. Super cool. What's your time frame now as far as football goes? Because I know COVID has thrown a wrench in everything, obviously, your injury. (laughs) Yeah, so where are you on eligibility, and, and what's the desired time frame as you push forward? Um... We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see when that point comes. I'm. I'm hoping. You know, I've been here a minute. I, I want this to be my last year. Sure. Most likely. Sure. But you never know. Technically, I could have three years eligibility. <laughs> Which is if I could. That's crazy, <laughs> isn't it? That is. That is wild. Uh, if If I took my medical and. Who knows, but it's crazy. You sure you don't want to help him go into the Big 12, Keenan? You can play a couple of seasons in the Big 12, apparently. Yeah, it's crazy. COVID is crazy. Fantastic. It really is. Uh, Well, we appreciate you hanging out with us on BYU Sports Nation, man. Um, Question, have you signed our flag? I don't think I Okay, we need to get Keenan to sign the flag. All Jason, right, here's grab the... that oversized Sharpie. We're going to we, – we couldn't find the big Sharpie, so we're going to give you this one instead. Um, <laughs> you can sign it anywhere you want. Give us your signature, and uh, we're going to give Keenan some BYU Sports Nation karma as well so that he can heal up and get ready because he's a huge part of what the BYU defense is going to do. Without question. All right, coming up, Davide Gardini joins the program to preview volleyball's weekend series with Concordia. Can't wait to watch Keenan play in the Big 12 in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> and which BYU team gets to play in the coolest professional stadium? Maybe Keenan just answered it. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. 19th-ranked BYU Gymnastics hosting Arizona on Saturday. Watch all the hits and sticks live at 2 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. I will be there, literally. He is Jason Shepard. I am Spencer Linton. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get content throughout the day, you know what to do. Follow us on all the major social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. And before we get to the whip, Jason, let's check in on Bubble Watch 
Right now, good news for BYU fans, Michigan taking care of business against Indiana, a team that's right next to BYU in the first four out. The Wolverines are up 13, 41-28 at the half. Juwan Howard, their head coach, is back after his five-game suspension for getting involved in that tussle. Hey, We don't think he slapped anybody yet, so <laughs> we're, we're, we, don't, we can't confirm that. With that said, let's whip it. <laughs> Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. All right, R.J. Young came out with his spring top 25. BYU coming in 16th. Too high, too low, or just right? In the spring top 25? Spring top 25, which I love is that it's a thing. It's a thing. I love it because BYU's in it. That's why I love it. Yeah, I'm, I, whatever. I'm okay with that. Sure, it's great. I'm more concerned with the fact that BYU has three opponents on their schedule next season that are ranked currently in the spring top 25 of 5, 6, and 7. Yes. <laughs> Look, I, I honestly, I, I had no preconceived notions that maybe BYU was going to be a top 25 team coming into this year. So I love seeing BYU in at 16. Okay, Jason, let's further the conversation with the teams I just mentioned. Three of the top seven teams, are you kidding me, on the schedule for BYU, Baylor, Arkansas, Notre Dame, in that order from 5, 6, and 7. Uh, does that intimidate you for BYU's schedule any more than you already were? No, because we've already seen what BYU did last year. There's proof this team can handle tough schedules. So, no, it does not intimidate me. No, it's this is one man's opinion. This is one man's opinion. R.J. Young, and R.J. is great, but come on. Like, we don't really know the Baylor, Arkansas, Notre Dame, maybe five, six, and seven. Okay, what we do know is that BYU is going to play a game in how many days? Countdown to the Bulls. 177, you betcha, 177 days away on the countdown to the Bulls. All right, uh, cooler stadium to play in for BYU. Is it Globe Life where the BYU baseball team will play today or Allegiant where BYU football's already played and will play Notre Dame this year? They're both amazing stadiums. But Allegiant Stadium, Darth Vader's hangout, Las (laughs) Vegas, home away from home for the Cougars. It's Allegiant Stadium. Have you been in that thing? I've, I've not been inside. I've been outside of it. Hey, I, it, it, it is a masterpiece for sure. It, it's it's Las Vegas. How are you going to compete with Las Vegas and the showmanship that just goes into the stadium? Yeah, no, I, I the answer is probably Allegiant. I agree with you on that. But I, I'm very excited for BYU baseball to have the opportunity to play in Globe Life yeah, where the fantastic. Rangers play. It's a... If you've never seen beautiful pictures of it, but it's like watching a game from inside, and I mean like on TV, seeing what it looks like inside, it's amazing. It's beautiful. It's just not the Vegas show. Correct. All right, coming up, today's rise and shout out to the newest BYU podcaster. And BYU volleyball star Davide Gardini, kind enough to hang out with us. Yeah, he's, he's slumming it with us. And he's staying positive amidst the adversity. We need that. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Men's volleyball looks to bounce back at home this weekend against Concordia. You can watch the match live at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Oh, that's going to happen. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Joining us now to preview those matches is BYU volleyball star. He is an Italian 
gentleman and a fantastic human being. Davide Gardini is with us. Welcome back to Studio B. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. It's always fun to be here. I know this has been, in a word, an interesting season for you, full of uh, challenges and what is perceived as, you know, primarily downs. But how have you and your team been able to handle the adversity? Because this is a unique challenge at BYU. It just doesn't happen often. How are you handling the adversity? Yeah, as you said, it's been pretty unique for all of us. None of us has been in this spot before, not even the older guys that we went through my freshman year season where we struggled a lot. So I think that the thing we're focusing on right now is to just make sure that we're getting better because the way the season is structured, you just need to be good when April comes. Like at the end of April when we're playing the conference playoff, that's when we need to be good. So if we, if we get better and we're playing our best volleyball then, all we need is to win three matches at that point, and then you're in the tournament. So we're not going to hope for an all-large bid at this point anymore for the tournament. And, yeah, that's the only thing we can do, stay focused on the present and work hard to get better. Love that. Well, and you've talked about how your role as a leader has changed because of the situation. So take me through the differences in your role as a leader on the court as well as off now. <laughs> Uh, it, it's it's tricky right now also because I'm dealing with a couple injuries that are keeping me out and I'm not being able to practice with the team every day uh, but on the court I just try to like let my actions do the work like let the guys see that I'm working hard I'm, I'm trying to do the right things and hope that you know there's gonna be enough to lead them and help them like through tough moments and everything else when I'm outside of the court it's a little more challenging gotta be a little more creative, you know, just make sure you have good connections with all the guys, talk a little bit with them about their life and different things, build up like a good team culture. So it's it's different, but I've been I've been working on that for sure. Now, outside of uh, being swept in three sets in just two of the matches over the current nine match losing streak, it just feels like everything is a battle. But like in the fifth set and so many of these, it just has not gone your way. So how do you overcome the frustration of, no one, you're right there. And in a few of these matches, you're up two sets to none. And then, and then it yeah. goes away. So how do you overcome that specific frustration and close the deal? It's tough. I don't, I don't know how we're going to do that because we haven't done it clearly yet. <laughs> we're working towards it. Um, I think s s we just got to remember that we have not a lot to lose in those situations. Because how, how the season is going so far with the losing record, uh, we want to get better, but you cannot have the pressure of, like, having to win or, like, needing something out of a game. So when you're just up in, like, those situations, we should just be able to play, like, you know, let's just keep playing our way, not stress about the result or anything else, which I feel like we do sometimes. We get up there, we're, like, 2-0, two two oh, up 2-0, oh, and we're, like, oh, now we gotta, we got to win this. I'm, like, okay, let's just keep playing volleyball, let's keep the pressure on them, do the easy things, and then that will happen. But when we get to the fifth set, then... I think the fifth set is just literally flipping a coin. So, yeah, it hasn't gone our way yet, but it probably will at some point, <laughs> hopefully when it matters. <laughs> well, and I've got to assume, though, that, that a lot of what this season is, and we, and, you know, Coach Olmstead even talked about it, you know, it's going to be an improvement. This team's not going to be the same team, you know, at the end of the year that it, that it was at the beginning of the year. So I've got to imagine it's probably about focusing on where the team is getting better and it's like, okay, here's what we are doing right right now. Let's build off of that. What are some of those things? 
Uh, there is major things we've been getting better at and that, that just make us feel good about our game. It, like attacking right now, we speed up to our, our offense and our numbers have gone up incredibly. We're working on our serving errors because we, we made a lot of them at the beginning of the season. Now we're like cutting some errors off and like serving much better. Uh, blocking floor defense, I think those are like the main things we're getting better at. But it, it's also a fine line between being <clears throat> okay with, hey, we're getting better and being complacent with losing. And I don't think we're doing that. I think we are like still wanting to win sure. every game, but you cannot always just be like, hey, we're getting better. That's okay. That's all we need. We also need to win volleyball games. But I think we have a right mindset on that and just keep working on it. Davide Gardini is on BYU Sports Nation. And respect for you for coming in, doing this, pumping the matches. Yeah. Because it's, it's you know, again, this is this is a tough scenario, but you've embra- you embraced this role, man. Yeah. Um, how much of this is sports psychology? Like, uh, like where? H- how have you developed in that regard? A lot, a lot. It's, uh, it's all of it is psychology this year. Honestly, I'm focusing more on that than on the volleyball part. <laughs> I just need to work on that. It's, a, it's, it's fun. But I, I think this year is good for me. I, I needed this. You know, when you have like two good seasons, like the, like the one we had the past couple of years. You have fun and you win, but you don't necessarily learn a lot about yourself or the other guys around you. And I think when you're losing, like like what's happening this year, you learn way more. And, uh, you know, not just about volleyball, just life in general. How do you deal with some guys after a loss? How do you, how do you keep your head up in, different, in difficult moments? So there's a lot of good things coming out of this season. And if we can turn things around, it's going to be even better. But we'll, we'll see. Concordia is the match coming up next. What, what are your thoughts on this match at Smithfield House? It's a, it's a f- tricky match for us, 100%. I don't think we can overlook anybody this year. And Concordia has always been one of those teams that is at the bottom of our conference, but they're playing better this year. So everybody's playing better this year, honestly. So it's going to be fun. We, we need to come out strong and make sure that we can put it on them all the time. Because we do that. We play our volleyball, and we're just doing very well. And then all of a sudden, we just... We just let go a little bit and we let Pete, like the other teams come in and play better. So if we keep pressure on them, it's going to be it's going to be good for us. Obviously, your health is a big part of bolstering the BYU lineup. And so I do need to follow up. You said you've yeah. been working through a couple of injuries. Uh, how significant are we talking in terms of these injuries? And, you know, if you had to put like a percentage on like I'm 80 percent healthy or 85 percent, where would you say you are right now? I, I don't know if I can give you a percentage because the point is all these injuries, I'm, I can play on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when games come, I can play on them. It hurt, but I can still play 100%. Uh, the point is, do we want to like practice every day and make it get worse and then possibly be like a 70 or 80% during the game? Probably not. So that's what we're working with. It's like, hey, they're not major ish, major injuries, but let's just make sure we rest them, we take care of them yeah. the, in the first days of the week, and then we just start getting ready for the game. You know what all this tells me, Jason? Hmm. is a gamer. He's a gamer. When it's time for the match, he's going to be there. I don't, a, li- not- I don't like that. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to be a practice player, too. I'm trying. I'm, try- I'm trying, but it's hard. No, I, I mean that. <laughs> you know a, who loves to no, hear that is Sean. Yeah. I, I mean that as a compliment because yeah. not everybody, not every athlete, and, and this is not meant to point fingers, not every athlete is like, you know what, I'm hurting. But I'm still gonna play. I'm oh. Still gonna practice. I'm still gonna. Not every athlete wants to do that. Like, yeah. no, I'm rest for a little while. Like, why have you chosen that route? Where it's like, no, like I, I might not be feeling great, but I'm playing. I'm involved with my life, and it's what I need to do. That's why I'm here at BYU. That's the main reason why I decided to come. And and 
I just can't not do it this year with this team, with like all the different like scenarios and what we got going on. I just need to do that. And and I love doing it, honestly. I, I, even if I'm hurt, if I'm playing volleyball, I'm having fun. And that's it's literally what I love to do. So there's not a reason for me not to try and go out. And unless I'm literally like injuring my body even more and I'm feeling it and I, I don't think it's a smart idea, I'm always going to try and go for it. So you mentioned having fun. Uh, why don't you take us through this TikTok video? <laughs> uh, how much fun are you having in this video where uh, people are taking things your personal belongings and hiding them. Your walk, shoes. Walk us They're through. My new shoes too. <laughs> Those are some pretty impressive shoes, by the way. Yeah. So, so what? Take us through this. Uh, what we're watching here. I was, I was just lifting, and then all of a sudden, I stand up. I look up back at my rack, and I see that there's my shoes are not there. They're brand new, so I was always kind of looking at them because I love my shoes. Uh, and <laughs> and so I just started looking around, and I understood the guys were like hiding them. But it's a whole weight room, and it was empty, so it could have been anywhere. <laughs> so I start looking around. The guys are just giggling the media girls were like recording it uh, just say hey I, I think I spent like a good 10-15 minutes and they were like actually in an easy spot so I'm kind of embarrassed for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should have done much better but I don't know I didn't think of it first so the colors of the shoes yes yeah. are fantastic are you a sneaker you. are you a sneakerhead like you collect shoes I don't collect shoes I'm not not in that way but for volleyball shoes and uh, yeah, I like to have many different type like shoes that I can play with. Do, do you have a favorite pair of shoes? Is there a go-to that's like that's my number one? As of right now, yes, the Giannis. Okay, the okay. Freak Three, like they're, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. the one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. this year they've just been impressive for hey, me. Hey, let's so. go! But I kind of change my mind every year. I find a new pair that I like. So. Nice. Yeah. Yes, they're literally called the Freak Three, yeah. and, I, and I'm, I'm for it. <laughs> yeah, I am for it. It's great. Really nice, Davide. It's great to talk to you, man. Thanks for coming in studio. Uh, sure. Obviously, we'll give you some BYU Sports Nation karma, so you can play through that pain. Need play it. well. We can snap this losing streak, man. Yes, sir. Let's go. Do. Let's go. <laughs> Thank you, guys. All right, coming up, our elite voice of the day, and a rise and shout out to a podcast you don't want to miss, Tegan Graham. Um, here's looking at you, young lady. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Station always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. While you're there, subscribe, rate, and review the show. We'll get to the question of the day in a moment, but first... Let's go maize and blue. Things looking good right now. Right now, Michigan up 15 with 15 minutes to play in the second half, 55-40 over Indiana. Why are we discussing this game? Because if you're just joining the program, yes, it is bubble watch. Indiana is right next to BYU in that first four-out category. A loss to Michigan, you would think, all but ends Indiana's chances of really doing anything else here. Like, they – as desperate as BYU is to beat San Francisco, Indiana needs the game against Michigan even more. Right, like it, it is what it is. So th- this is a this is a promising development in terms sure. of BYU's bid. Sure. to get into the NCAA tournament, this is good for them. And this from Aaron Stoneman on Twitter, he asks, um, "Can we get Della Doll off your set, BYU Sports Nation? It's a dagger for my eyes." Look, I I, yes. I agree with Aaron one hundred percent. We can remove the deli gnome. Can we break it? Can we throw it? We will not be breaking the deli gnome, but we will be removing it so that it is no longer a dagger (laughs) 
for Aaron's eyes or any BYU fan that is struggling. I, I'm with telling you right now, now, setting it right there, it's going to get bumped and it's going to get broken. I'm well, telling. If it's accidentally broken, then it's accidentally broken, Jason. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> oh darn it! My knee happened to just hit that thing that I want to break anyway. No, all good. Our question of the day: Are you living and dying on Bubble Watch, or have you just given up hope? Tyson Peterson Don't on Twitter says, hope. help me, NCAA committee. You're my only hope. Nice. All right. Nice, nice Princess Leia reference. Right. I like it. Right. Uh, Keith Despain on Twitter. There can be no true despair without hope. <laughs> Bane in The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> I'm not really sure how to read into that so, one. So our last two our last two quotes, one from Princess Leia, the other from Bane. <laughs> I like it. No, uh, sorry. I, like- I should have. There can be no true despair without hope. <laughs> How would Bane sound in the voice of the person that comes at you about Bubble Watch? Oh. <laughs> can you combine the two? I'll try. All right, let's see if they can. Get Spencer, we're 43 in the mint. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Blaine Swallow answers on Instagram, I'm totally living on the bubble. I have screenshots, clipboards, clipboards rather, and bubble scenarios all over my phone and desks. I also have three TVs turned on to the conference tournaments. This is this is the right choice. Well, good. Well, well done by you having three TVs. He says, I, I am fully invested. I know some of you don't want to be invested, and it is too painful, and you've taken the bands. Like, I'm, I'm hoping only to end in despair with, with the true despair. The reality is that BYU is right there. The two leading bracketologists who have a like they have a solid track record. Team rankings does not have a great record of placing teams in the tournament. It don't. Percentages are not good in favor of team rankings, which is why I'm not sure why we keep going there. But Jerry Palm and Joey Brackets do. BYU's probably somewhere in the middle of that. Right. They're right there on the bubble. It, hence why sure. we're having bubble watch. Today's rise and shout out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. And it goes to Tegan Graham, Jason, whose podcast, Second Class Citizens, drops today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. This is going to be fantastic. Yeah. T- anything Tegan does is great. She's been one of the one of the players that's been so much fun to watch with BYU women's basketball, and it's cool to see her uh, moving into this realm. Eight episodes for her master's to support her research in inequality in women's sports. Support her and support women's sports by downloading and listening. Congratulations, Tegan. Fantastic stuff. All right, a thanks to today's guest. Uh, Davide Agardini was absolutely fantastic as well if you missed that. For Jason, I'm Spencer. We'll see you tomorrow. Go Cougs.